0: Morning. Good morning. Glad to have you all here. Special weekend and uh, it started last night and uh, a lot of you who are here this morning were here last night. And uh, I don't think it was just me, but I, I, I'm hoping that some of you felt the same way. There was just a, a great spirit in the... In our time last night, uh, with the eating and uh, the sharing from Zanya and Jacob Brown, it was just and carving. It was just a great time together as a, as a church family. and uh, I thank everyone who had a part in it and was involved in it. It was good stuff. Um, just going over some of the, um, some of the stuff that we, we do every week. If you're a visitor here, if you would, there's a card should be right there in front of you in the back of the pew by the hymnals. uh, If you'll fill that out for us, and just put it in the offering plate. In giving, um, you can do it a number of ways. Put it in the box in the back. uh, Do it through the mail. Go online however is comfortable and best for you. I did want to say a special welcome and hello to Marvin and Ken this morning. It's great to have you all. And with that being said, there's an announcement you'll notice that on the 14th of April, which will be this Thursday, there's a 90th birthday celebration for Marvin in the Fellowship Hall. So that's from 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Anyone that can make that, that would be... Uh, a special treat for Marvin and, and all who who come to wish him a happy birthday. And then next Sunday is Easter Sunday. This Sunday and next Sunday there will be no circles, so just keep that in mind. And uh, like I said, before we start singing, it is a special Sunday. It's our faith promise, our special set-aside uh, Focus on Mission Sunday. Uh, I punched something in this morning just sort of to get my brain kind of engaged a little bit on something I could maybe share with you all. And I punched in uh, Faith Promise, and I wasn't really sure before I did on on Google... Um, how specific faith promise would be to the church of God I didn't know if we had a patent on it and it was only us and, and you know nobody else had anything to do with it it was amazing how many denominations now it might not follow the same trail we, we take and, and that's alright but I was amazed of the Nazarenes, the Baptists I mean down the line it was pretty cool and here was something that that someone shared. This was actually from a from a book that uh, a fellow wrote. The name of the book is "Why Some Churches Are Blessed." And in this, he's describing the concept of faith promise. And Zanya sort of alluded to this last night when she said, "Because in our minds, we get." Uh, as church people, we when you're asked for money, it's either a tithe or a pledge, and you have to, or you're either going to go to hell or you're going to get kicked out of church. <laughs> <laughs> One of those two, and it's not, there's no faith involved, there's no, you know, uh, there's no, it's, it's a lot of legalism, and it gets kind of crazy. So, this fella describes it, he says, no, faith promise is not a pledge. Faith promise giving is as far removed from a pledge as a Pontiac Bonneville from a Pinto. <laughs> a pledge makes you responsible for giving such and such an amount. And this is good here. A faith promise makes God responsible. The supply depends upon Him, not us. A faith promise boils down to this I believe God is great and that his divine supply is infinite. So how much can I trust him to provide in the next 12 months to advance the message of redemption around the world? I will become a human conduit through whom he can supply funds to pass on through the local church's mission challenge. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this this beautiful day and we thank you for the uh, special day it is for our church in particular and uh, I just pray you'll bless each person uh, in this room I pray that you'll bless uh, what takes place this morning and who's involved up here on stage and who's who's involved in the in the pews and I just pray that uh, you will be honored and that that uh Good things for eternity will take place this morning. Amen. Amen.
1: Good morning. Let's stand and continue to worship and sing, Send the Light. There's a call comes Ringing the restless place. Send the light, Send the light. To say, sing the light, sing the light, sing the, the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine from shore to shore. Sing the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine from shore to shore. We have heard the challenge. Shore to shore. sing the light. The blessed gospel and Let it shine from shore to shore. Amen. You may be seated. Miss Carolyn, do you need to you need to speak? I am Oh, okay. All right. How much later? Oh, let's continue singing then. All right. Speak, O Lord. we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape and fashion us in your likeness Let the light of Christ might be. Holy reverence, true humility Test our thoughts and our attitudes In the radiance of our purity Cause our faith will rise Cause our eyes to see Your majestic love Unchanged from the dawn of time That will go down through eternity And by grace we'll stand on your promises And by faith we'll walk as you are Amen. Children, you may go to Children's Church.
2: I'm on top of a hill overlooking, to my back, part of the city where we live. We actually live in quite a pretty part of Istanbul. i so thankful that we can get out of now and again in a city of 20 million people. We've had a very eventful last, say, 12 to 16 months. Judah and Rachel were married in late uh, 2020. And John and Kelsey were married last year in September. Uh, we got home for both those trips to the States, and uh, we're so really enjoyed that time together. And we've had an eventful time with outreach work. Uh, many relationships have developed with Jean among the Syrian refugees, and pretty often, pretty regularly, we we are able to get out. And she's Put together kind of a nice package of, um, of 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 a nice track that shares a little bit of the gospel message and hope in Jesus, and then it, in, it usually includes some sort of uh, some sort of uh, care package with diapers or some food just to help the, the people know we were are thinking about them. Uh, the work with uh, the book outreach, Christian reads the Quran, has continued to go forward, and we're looking at several new translations this year german farsi uh, really praying for for uh azeri and kyrgyz languages the russian language is now in use and being distributed we just were at a conference where we distributed a uh, hundred copies to leaders from across central asia it was a very important time and it was a great time to catch up with old friends from kazakhstan We continue to meet here in in Istanbul online and in person with our Turkish friends, and we continue to fellowship with uh, people in the international uh, group, the international church where we meet, worship, and fellowship in English. So we have a lot on the plate, a lot's happening. We're very thankful for your support. we prayed with you that God will provide good leadership, and we trust that it'll be a, a good season ahead we say thank you and thank God for all his goodness. Bye-bye.
3: We've had a video from four of our missionaries, but the fifth one, the Todd's, were not able to send us a video this time. He had to make a trip into, further into Amazonia to visit eight churches, and so he was not able to do a video. The tides spent last year in the United States because of COVID. While they were here, they traveled 14,000 miles through 10 different states and speak, spoke at many events along their way. They returned to Brazil in January of this year, and now they have been getting reacclimated to the heat and the humidity there. Miriam and Jonah, started a local school after they got back, a local school that's taught in Portuguese, which is the language of Brazil. And so Miriam is a second grader and Jonah is a preschooler. In their local area, Beth teaches English, classes morning and afternoons at one of the local churches. And she teaches English, computers, helps with homework, teaches dance, and guitar. And Jonathan is working with church's media teams, which includes many young adults, and they focus on documenting, videoing, and broadcasting church events. But their main focus points, one of them is the seminary that is there. They presently have 18 students from several regions of Brazil, and one requirement is that they serve a mentored ministry in several different churches under different pastors. And it's the, the Todd's are responsible for this mentoring, so that's quite a task that they have. In September, in their area, is scheduled a meeting of the Inter-American, which is all the Church of God pastors from the continent of South America. So they will have a lot to plan and do with that. And they have started a new ministry, the Children of Promise, and it's been Jonathan's responsibility to get that started. They're also excited about a missions committee that has been formed to prepare people to be sent as missionaries. So Jonathan is the main one who's working with that too. So in conclusion, they said this, God is moving and at work here in Brazil. Thank you for your support that enables us to be here. Thank you for being a blessing to us. And the missions committee would like to express our appreciation for the blessing that you have been this year in going over our budget, we celebrate that and we hope that as we tally our promises today that we'll be able to meet our goal for this next year. Last night I think was a celebration time for us. It was a celebration of what we've done this year, of what we have coming up, and then I think just getting together to eat we hadn't been able to do much of that lately, in the, and not last year. It's been two years since we have been free to have food together and enjoy the visitation, and I could see that happening last night. And thanks to all of you that helped us with last night. In preparing food, in cleaning up, in doing with the children, everything that was done, we appreciate the help that you always extend to us whenever we're having a missions uh, affair. So we are thankful to be a part of a church that looks outward and is out-focused and cares about something besides these four walls. So we pray that as we... Tally our promises today that we'll see another good year ahead.
0: Thank you, Carolyn. Before Ray comes up and and uh, prays for us, uh, I just wanted to say, <clears throat> Carvin doesn't really need an introduction, but i I wanted to share a little something uh, from me uh, from my perspective toward Carvin I've been on a mission trip with Carvin and I've been in several of his presentations here at the church where he's presented stuff and he he makes me tired talking about all the stuff he's done I'll put it that way and I sent, a, I sent a note to him some time ago and I don't remember exactly how I worded it But and I don't think that the Lord operates this way but I said something to the effect of in heaven, if there's a sign seating in heaven him and Sandy are going to be on the very front row. And uh, with that said, there's No one but God Himself knows how many people are going to be in heaven because of Carvin and Sandy's efforts. And uh, I'm personally grateful, and I know people around the world are grateful for for their lives. So thank you.
4: I'm glad you're here this morning, and I'm glad that uh, we're on live Facebook again as well. Um, it's great that uh, Shirley's here. She was here last night and looked much better than I expected, and you look good, so that's good. And Ken's here today, so we praise the Lord for that and still needs a touch. And his younger dad is here, who I think he said he turns nine. Oh, maybe it's 90. That was it now. 90 this week. Uh, Marvin, pleasure for me to get to meet him. I did want to share, I spoke with the Hunts uh, this just yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yes, yesterday. And uh, things are progressing. They've been approved for a loan. Uh, God just worked in a miraculous way with that. Uh, their house goes on the market uh, this week so be in prayer for that and all the transition and for whatever house it is here that that God has for them and I appreciate all of you picking their house out for them that have called me but that's good but let's pray they get the one God wants for them uh, as well so also many of you got list of names going to IYC and all of you should have the opportunity to have the Uh, Six or so names of those from our congregation here locally that are going to be attending IYC. But the church really believes that prayer is really important. And I can't tell you how important the younger generation is anywhere in the world. Missions are here today. So we want to pray God's uh, will on that as well. And it's great Randy and Karen are back. They came back, and so it means there's no more allergies. Everything's wonderful, and all that. So we hope that as well. Uh, if you happen to have your faith promise card available, perhaps already filled out or not, um, you know. And if you need one, we need to definitely get you one uh, for sure. If you if you need one, but I'd like you to maybe put it in your hand uh, and join me together in prayer. Just if it happens to be there handy. Father, we begin this prayer with feeble praise. You are awesome. You're beyond words can express. Lord, we sing songs, we try to reach out with our lips, words of praise, and they are not worthy for you alone or beyond anything that we can praise effectively. But, Father, we do praise you for your goodness. You created every individual hearing my voice. And you created them uniquely in your image. And you you didn't just create us. God, you gave us life, and you made a plan for our life. And, Lord, today is part of that plan, and we are here. And in our hands are cards that Marlon's already shared last night, we talked about. But God, I pray that you would bless what we have reached out in faith and put on the card. God, I pray that you would bless it. You would guide it. You would allow us to maybe even give exceedingly abundantly above what we can even think because you own everything. All that we have is yours. The life that we have is yours. Lord, every good and perfect thing comes from you and it is only because we live in a fallen world that we experience sickness and all the things that we see that concern us so much but God for this day and this time we are in your sanctuary so God I pray for a miracle that we would just lay all of those concerns and burdens of a lost world a war going on all of those things we cast to you so that we might focus in on the words that you have to speak to us. And God, I pray that you would just anoint Carbon with freedom to share the message that you've laid on his heart. And God, we would just feel your love, feel your presence this morning. And I pray, God, that your will would be done. Lord, it's an honor to pastor people that love the Great Commission. And I pray, God, that we will be faithful. And God, would you take what we give and multiply it? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Brother Carbon.
5: I consider it a great privilege to be able to speak to you this morning what I know God has put upon my heart. I have said it before, I will continue to say it. I don't know of a single congregation that gives more to missions per capita than you do. You have partnered with uh, our organization for 16 years. And before that, you were with us for four years while we were serving in Ecuador as the first North American missionaries of the Church of God there. And we are deeply, deeply appreciative of your support through the years. I assure you, I'm not gonna lay down as I preach this morning, as Brother Ron did in that video. (laughs) I, I prefer to stand when I preach. If you wanna lay down, there are several empty pews. Just go ahead and do that. Uh, let your conscience be your guide this morning. For some of you, faith promise might be a new concept. I want to ease your preconceived notions today. I'm not here to take up an offering. I am here, and I encourage my task this morning to encourage you to enter into a covenant relationship with God. That will give him the opportunity to perform a miracle in your life. A miracle that not only will bless you, will bless someone else through you. I'm using a text this morning that uh, probably I have never heard preached in a mission convention, but I felt led to go this direction. So if you'll turn with me to Mark, the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 6, let me read just verses 30 through 40. It's a a lot of reading, but I feel like it's necessary to get the whole context of what's happening in Jesus' life, especially with his 12 apostles. Mark the 6th chapter, I'll begin reading with verse 30 from the NIV translation. This takes place shortly after Jesus had already raised someone from the dead. It was a little girl, so that is significant to know that. Verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. See, he had sent the twelve out to do ministry without him, and now they've come back to give a report, which is something we all should do when we go back to those who have sent us. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves into a boat to a solitary place, But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the the large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something for them to eat. I don't think they were concerned about the people eating. Being human, I I believe they probably said, get the people out of here so we can find something to eat. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll see what happened. Verse 37, But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him that would take eight months of a man's salary or wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to be the apostles, to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. As I was preparing this sermon, I realized probably for the first time that this is the only miracle that Jesus performed that is recorded by all four gospel writers. Think about that. Why? Well, what, Peter walking on water was one of the greatest miracles we know of Scripture. He and Jesus were the only two humans that ever did. Did they all write about that? No. Only Matthew. Matthew. When Jesus raised Lazarus just before he entered Jerusalem for the last time, he raised him from the dead. A great miracle, at least the third person we know that he raised from the dead, that's recorded only by John, not the other three. But the feeding of the 5,000 men, not counting all the women and children, is the only miracle recorded by all four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As I was trying to discern why. What's so important about this miracle? He'd done greater miracles, in my opinion. I'll submit to you three things right quickly before I get to the meat of this sermon this morning. First of all, to my knowledge, it's the only miracle that involved the full participation of the twelve apostles. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record that Jesus told the disciples in verse 37, You, you give them something to eat. And after Jesus multiplied the five loaves of bread and the two fish, he gave the bread and the fish to the apostles. They distributed the food. I, I can only imagine they came back each time. Where's all this food coming from? It's coming back to Jesus. He had more. So he d- distributed food to all the 5,000 plus people. They were the ones who were instructed by Jesus to pick up all the leftovers. They had more leftovers than what they started with. I, I've never been able to do that in the kitchen. I don't know if any of you have. Jesus deliberately, and we'll see in a moment why, involved his disciples in this great miracle. In fact, John records that when Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he asked Philip this question, where shall we buy bread for these people? And then John records him saying, he asked us only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do i love that god only son jesus had in mind what he's going to do he always does our task is to find out what he's doing and then join him in that ministry that's one reason we're working in in guatemala Uh, someone remarked on facebook acquaintance of mine that i shouldn't be working in guatemala there were enough missionaries there Uh, God kept me from responding to that (laughs) remark. But i like to find out where is God working and then see if I can join him in the process of bringing people to Jesus Christ or discipling them or or training church leaders. Jesus knows what he's going to do. Are we going to join him? I think we are. There's another reason why I think this is recorded by all four gospel writers. Their participation in this miracle was a demonstration of their faith this is very important when jesus said give the people something to eat he said give them something to eat they responded by saying that would take eight months of a man's salary and that wouldn't even be enough are we to go spend that much of course they didn't have that much mark or matthew and luke record them saying we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish now Being from the southern part of Israel, I know what the little boy had. He had five hush puppies and two little perch. Maybe he had been fishing. I don't know. His mom probably packed his lunch, not knowing where he's going, but it was not sufficient. It was only a boy's lunch, not enough. And then John records eight months wages would not be enough food for even one bite. The point I'm trying to make is the disciples knew beyond any doubt they could not possibly feed 5,000 people But when Jesus said Bring me what you have What did they do? They took it to him See they had already witnessed him Raising a little girl from the dead They knew He's up to something He knows what he's going to do We're going to be a part of this miracle And therefore it left An impression on their minds And that brings us to the third reason why I think all four gospel writers Recorded this It had a tremendous impact on their lives. As far as we know, Matthew and John are the only gospel writers of the four gospels who were there that day. The others may have been there, but in my mind, I, I don't think so. As uh, far as we know, Luke and Mark probably were not there. They heard it from someone else. I imagine Mark heard it from his cousin Barnabas. because Barnabas was with the apostles shortly after the day of Pentecost. Luke, I suppose, heard it from Paul when he joined him on his second missionary journey going to Macedonia. Paul probably heard it from Barnabas. They worked together at Antioch and then served on that first trip. The fact I'm trying to impress upon you now is that those who participated in this miracle, these 12, shared it with other people because it had a tremendous impact upon their lives. And I know some of you are asking right now, what in the world does this have to do with missions? How can we apply this miracle that Jesus performed to us today? Well, look closely at verse 37. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Who is you? He's talking to the 12 apostles, his disciples, but it's also directed to us today, and I will share with you in a moment how. How? We are his disciples. He says give, meaning share with someone else what you have, what you have received. Them is those who need what we have, not necessarily food. He says something to eat. For the people in this story today, it was food. But I do not believe, and this is very important, I do not believe that Jesus involved the 12 apostles in this miracle of feeding 5,000 just to prove he could take care of our physical needs because he's already done that before this actually occurred. In fact, I think he was preparing the 12 apostles for the sharing of the gospel with everybody we come in contact with. In fact, if you read John's account... He puts this miracle in the context of Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. See, the, one day Jesus performed this miracle, and the very next day the people are coming back. What else can we receive from Jesus Christ? And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm not going to feed you physical food today. You got that yesterday. You ate all you needed. We had food left over, but what I give you today is me the bread of life. Therefore, I understand Jesus to be saying to us today, you who have received the forgiveness of sins, you who have come into this fellowship with God and your disciples, have compassion on those who are lost, who are headed to hell. Share with them what you have experienced as a child of God. Now, how can we do that? What must we do in order to perform this miracle today number one by faith surrender what you have to god by faith surrender what you have to god according to matthew's account when the disciples said we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish how did jesus respond bring them here to me In other words, give me everything you have. I I submit to you, you're you're probably not any different than I am. And all of us probably at some time have questioned our ability to do what God has called us to do. Maybe we have been like Moses who said, Who am I that I should go before Pharaoh and say, Let my people go. Or we may be like Jeremiah when he received his call. He says, "I am just a child." Well, Jeremiah wasn't a child. That just meant he was less than thirty years of age. Because a Hebrew man was not uh, expected to be listened to until he was at least thirty. Or maybe you're like Isaiah. You're worshiping, and God says, "Do such and such," and Isaiah said, "I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm not worthy." How often have we said, "I have nothing." very little to offer God nothing that will make any difference in the kingdom of God we may have pointed to someone on the other side of the sanctuary and say look at all their talents all their giftedness look at all the resources they have I don't have any of that and what does Jesus say just bring it to me just give me everything you've got See, these disciples knew that they could not feed the five thousand. They didn't have enough. They had a little boy's lunch, but they did give him everything they had. There's a song that we'll sing later, I believe, in the service that has meant a lot to me through the years. I think the title of is "Little as Much When God Is In It." Let me just read two uh, verses. And the course, it says, in the harvest field now now ripened, there's a work for all to do. Hark, the Master's voice is calling to the harvest, calling you. And then the course, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you will win it if you go in Jesus' name. Another verse. Does the place you're called to labor seem so small and little known? It is great if God is in it. He will not forsake his own. For little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you will win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. I think someone should write another verse and maybe I will. If God inspires me to do so. But I think it should say, Little is enough. When God is in it. And when we surrender it to him, we realize it, and I know you do, that everything we have belongs to God. All of our resources, we call it ours. It may, you may have a chicken account or a savings account with your name on it. You probably do. It's, it's God's. It's God's. Your family is God's. The ministry you conduct is God. He just saw fit to partner with us. This building is his. It's been dedicated to the worship of God for the building of uh, of God's kingdom. Therefore, in order for us to share the gospel with a lost and dying world by faith, just surrender to God. It's enough. It's enough when God is in it. There's a second thing I see in this text. God will bless what you surrender. Mark six forty one says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. I'm gonna just very quickly to turn to Genesis. If you want to go with me, just gonna spend spend a minute in the uh, Genesis, the twelfth chapter, a good illustration of this. The Lord said to Abram, this was before he changed his name, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. You see, God was already there. I will show you. God knew what he was doing. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you. I will curse and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Oh, I love that passage. Went to a place he had never visited before to follow God. In chapter 17, just two verses, verses 15 and 16. God was going to make a great nation out of Abraham. There was a big problem. No children. And he was too old. God said to Abraham, As far as Sarai, your wife, that was before she was named Sarah, You are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by this time next year. I will bless her so that she will be the mother, not of nation, of one nation, of nations, kings of people will come from her. Turn to chapter 21. I just want to read two verses there. For the Lord was gracious to Sarah and he did... To her, as he had promised, she became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised. Then in chapter 22, when their son Isaac was, I submit, probably in his teens, sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. I will tell you about there again going to a different place and then by the time we get to verses 16 through 18 we know that that Abraham binds his son lays him on the altar the wood is there he is ready to take his life and an angel stopped him as I read those few verses I counted nine times that the word blessed is used in there see Abraham had learned To surrender everything to God. He had already surrendered his past when he received uh, word to leave your home. And some of his family. And go to this new country that he would receive. He surrendered his his future. When he said sacrifice your only son Isaac. So therefore God blessed what he had surrendered. And he can only do the same for us. He cannot bless what we hold on to. He blesses what we surrender to Him. Uh, Whether it be our families, our resources, our jobs, whatever. God will bless what we surrender to Him. All He is saying, bring me everything you have so I can bless you and bless others through you. God wants to perform a miracle in our lives today. Through a step we call faith promise so that you may be a blessing to someone else. Let's look at point number three. God will break and multiply what we surrender to him. Verses 41 through 43. Taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. And they all ate and were satisfied. Going back to verse 34, when Jesus saw a large crowd, scripture says he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I did some research on that word compassion. It's used quite often just before Jesus' performance of miracle, And it comes from the same root word esplenology, which I had never heard of before. It's a medical term meaning the study of the intestines. Or well, they say, the study of the gut. But intestines sound a little bit better. Intestines, meaning in the Greek, when Jesus saw the people. In the Greek, it means he had a yearning in his, in his bowels, in his intestines. I, I don't think it was just a surface pity. Like, I'll pray for you, go home, take two aspirins, call me in the morning. No. I think it broke his heart. I think he hurt in his intestines. A couple times in my life, I've received bad news and didn't know the outcome for several days. And I tell you, I had pain in my stomach. It was so, so real because I hurt for the person that was hurting. You see, we are the ones that need to be broken. We are. Before Jesus could be a sacrifice on the cross, his body was broken. His life was poured out for our redemption. And before we can surrender everything to God and he blessed, we must be willing to surrender it to him. Before we can be used to reach the world for Jesus Christ, our hearts must be broken by the fact that eight or six billion people That's 88% of the world's population are eternally lost. I know if you Google it, it says there's 33% of the world are Christians. That's their religion. But only 12% of the world's population are practicing Christians. Our heart needs to be broken by the fact that 25 to 40% of the world's population have yet to hear the gospel in their language. Not one time. That's why when I worked for the Kuna Indians, with the Kuna Indians of Panama for 12 years, I I preached in Spanish, and then it was translated into Kuna, the San Blas dialect of Kuna. Because our Spanish would speak to the minds, but not the heart, the heart language, they had to hear it with their heart also. Our hearts should be broken by the fact that 90% of all the Christian workers, full-time Christian workers in the world are working with only 10% of the population, which happen to be the English-speaking population. You see, Jesus will multiply what we surrender to him if our hearts are broken. And the last point I'd like to share with you this morning, number four, after we have surrendered it, after we have brought everything to Jesus Christ and he has blessed it, then we can share with others what Jesus has blessed and multiplied. As I read in verses 41 and 42, he took the little boy's lunch, he blessed it when he prayed for it, he broke it, and it was distributed. It was multiplied many, many times over. And as John records... It was that to that same crowd the very next day that Jesus says, No need of looking for food, physical food." He didn't say that i 'm just adding that a little bit, but he did, did, did say, I am the bread of life. He who is hungry, come to me, come to me." Uh, let 's go to the next uh, slide. I just want to briefly describe our ministry. We're working with the Mayan Indians. God gave me a, a burden for the Native Americans when I was just ten years old, and you who have come on Wednesday nights have seen several presentations of that so but we are st- still working with the Mayan Indians of Guatemala. Next slide. We are so I've had almost 1,600 church leaders from 13 different countries uh, attend our pastors' conferences, our leadership training courses in uh, Panama, Guatemala, Peru, and uh, Ecuador. Next slide. You can find all this on our new website. and also have a display in the back. Soledad has our our chance ministry which uh, works with the abandoned and abused wives of guatemala be praying for her i I met with her had a meeting with her when i was in guatemala in february four days later she had a stroke she's only 41 years old paralyzed on her complete left side i saw on facebook this morning her smile has returned and uh, She's gained some use of her left side, but but keep her in your prayer. She's also a full-time school principal. Next slide. We are helping to support 50 of the 400,000 orphans of Guatemala. Some of these kids were left on the street by the garbage. At least two of our kids, they were given birth in the hospital, and the mothers left the child there. All of them have been either uh, forsaken, abused, or neglected, every one of them. So we are heavily into that ministry. Next slide, I believe our last one. Uh, Our school in uh, Peru, Christian school, three-year-old kindergarten through the sixth grade. We have 180 kids there. Uh, When they graduate the sixth grade and go to a public school, they are in the top 10%. Top 10% of their classes. Let's look at the faith promise concept to see how God wants to bless us this morning so we can be a blessing. Faith promise has already been said, and most of you know this, is entering into a, a personal covenant with God, expressing your intention to give a certain amount to mission, even though you think. It is not possible because when we read in 2 Corinthians 8.3 where it comes from, Paul says they gave beyond their ability. Meaning God came up with the resources as he always does. Our part is to trust God enough to do what he says. God's part is to honor our faith and supply the means. I want to share just one example uh, worship team, why don't you to go ahead and come forward. Uh, Sandy and I were pastoring in Tulsa in the late uh, 80s and the early 90s. We led that church in their first faith promise. And in that faith promise, Sandy and I promised to give 500 over and above our tithes. At that time, we had a uh, Japanese exchange student live with us 10 months and Within a month of making that promise to the church, faith promise budget, I went to the mailbox one day and I got a letter that was addressed to me from Mie's, that was her name, Mie Yamasaki. Good Japanese name, I suppose. It came from her mom, so I opened it up, and inside the envelope were ten $100 bills, $1,000. I wouldn't send a dollar in a mail from West Monroe to Monroe. I, don't, I just don't trust the mail system, to be honest with you. But $1,000 had come all the way from Japan to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I put it in Mie's room when she came home from school. I said, Mie, your mom sent you some money. It's up in your room. I opened the letter. It was addressed to me. I'm sorry. Four or five minutes later, she came back. She said, Dad this is yours we thought the agency that was going to send me here would give you $100 a month for my room and board I said we we did not expect it we did not want it she said this money is yours now I am not saying that if you promise to give X amount of dollars to missions today God will double it within a month but Sandy and I have been doing this now since GBC 1980 We've always got back more, always, than we promised. It depends on our faith. It don't really depend on God. He's going to do it, but it's on our faith. But he looks at the sacrifice we are willing to make, and then he honors our faith and obedience. He's saying to us today, just give me what you got. I can use it. We can work together in reaching that 88% of the world population. I want us to stand just sing a few verses of this song. I've had at least four people saved in missions conventions. So I want to give you the opportunity. There may be someone here this morning is not a Christian. I don't know. If you want me to pray with you, you can come to these altars. You may have some other need. you want to pray about what God wants you to do today, come to these altars. If you want to just pray by yourself, you can do so there or come to these, these front pews, sit, kneel, whatever. I ask you to pray about what you can do as you surrender everything to God. Won't you come as we sing?
1: i
4: Thank you, Brother Carvin. Wow. Obviously, the passion and the Holy Spirit there is going to make me have to go back to my home church <laughs> and uh, increase my faith promise, which I was feeling that God had laid on my heart even more so. So we've got two churches I need to take care of there. That was powerful, very powerful. It is amazing that little is much when God's in it. And we just do our part, and I think many times we're weak on doing our part, but he's so faithful and encourages us. And I know we've heard, we could have testimonies because you've seen your faithfulness before. Well, now's the time we get to, and look, we got a lot of faith going on because we got calculators down here and two ladies that know how to use them. So we've stepped out on faith and we've got it. So uh, if you need a card and don't have a card, would you please, Mike, y'all got any? Okay, come on, bring them down. And if anybody needs another card, And if you've already turned in a card and you want a second card, that's good too. We'll take second mortgages. (laughs) Thank you. Now for those that have already uh, completed their cards, and I know there's many of you that have, while the others are filling those out, if you'll just uh, uh, pass those, Mike's got a, have you already collected some, Mike? Yes. Why don't you go ahead and bring those down? And we'll get those calculators going. They're already hitting the buttons, I think, over there. I've been hearing them. Thank you, Marl.
5: a
1: stand, that makes a choice to live for God and not hesitate to tell the
4: step out on faith and say we're going to get $702 more and make it $27,000. Is it going once? Going twice? I say we go for $27,000. And then uh, uh, I know a few of you, uh, and there's several that aren't here, so I just believe we're going to do that. Isn't that exciting? Wow, $26,288. That's awesome. And everybody at home? That's all my pastor friends? That's awesome. That is great wow i, I want to say again how much i enjoyed last night zonya did, did a great job jacob said he was nervous that's what he said uh it was great and to, just to, to be a part of that and carving today the message was just full of the holy spirit it spoke to our heart and it was just awesome and god is good and today we are, are not having uh, circles Um, But we want to celebrate this, and you have a chance to spend time with your family. Today's Palm Sunday. Gorgeous. If you don't see Jesus, you know, just walk outside. He's everywhere. It's beautiful. Beautiful day today. And then this Wednesday, Brother Carvin's going to share in the Fellowship Hall combined group, like we've been doing in the past on servanthood and kind of the last week as we celebrate Holy Week uh, this week. And next Sunday, uh, I'll be sharing on y- your part of being a miracle. It really kind of relates to what Carvin is talking about as we continue to meet the cast next week. So we got a lot of things that are going on. And circle, the 9 o'clock circle does meet next Sunday. Uh, but it'll be an also an opportunity for you to spend time with your family as well. Are there any other announcements? Anything that... Okay, let's stand. we got to stand together. And we got to celebrate this, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that. I want to say a prayer, and then I want us to excitingly end. Uh, I've got a couple challenges for you at the end of that. Okay, Lord, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And God, we are seeing a miracle here again today. You are so good, and God. There's no limit, no bounds to what you want to do in our lives. Lord, we commit that to you. Lord, I pray that you would multiply these funds, press them down, use them, God, for your kingdom and your glory. And I pray, Lord, blessings on every person that is here today and all who gave. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want you, before you go... To do two things. I want you to clap like we clap when our kids get you know, hit the ball, tee ball, hit the baseball, when they don't even hit the ball. You know what I'm talking about? So we surely ought to honor God for this. And the second thing you're going to do, I'm going to ask you to do, challenge you to do, is find somebody you haven't seen and shake their hand before you leave. And and we're COVID-free, but there's wipes out there if you have to do that later, okay? Okay, so let's celebrate victory, amen? Woo! Okay, find somebody, you have it, and then tell Brother Carl Carvin how much you appreciate the sermon.